I think some of you will remember that I've, I've shared this with you before, but there was one piece of car advice that my dad gave me. My dad, who was a mechanic all his life, there's only one thing he could get into my head about the car. That one piece of advice was out of all the gauges on your dashboard, there is one gauge you don't need to worry about, and that is the gas gauge. Dad told me that over and over again. The gas gauge is not your worry. It's not a problem. It, you know, it, it, you keep an eye on that temperature gauge because if you overheat, you've got a problem. You keep an eye on, on, your, on your meter there because if you lose charge, if you can't get the car started, you've got a problem. But if you're out of gas, that's not a problem. Now, Dad's approach to that advice was very logical. It was very sensible. Dad said, so keep the tank full. Now, I have to tell you, he gave me that advice after he came home one Friday night and said, I need to use the car, and I'd been driving it all week, and it was on empty. <laughs> and, and I heard his advice very, very clearly. You keep the tank full, and it's always there for you. It's always there in emergencies. It's always there when you need it. It's never going to let you down. Now, I've been thinking about that as we're approaching Thanksgiving. November is upon us. Thanksgiving is coming, and all month long we're going to hear people tell us what they are thankful for, and I think that's great. I love it when people do that challenge where every day they share one thing that they are thankful for. But, you know, long before Thanksgiving was a holiday, before it was about food and football and family, and probably in that order for some of you, Thanksgiving was a command. God told his people that they should give thanks at all times, and and much like my dad's advice on the gas gauge, uh, we need to keep our thankful tank full. Because when you do that, thankfulness, <laughs> thankfulness is always there when you need it. Thankfulness will never let you down. That's why we have scriptures like 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. It's there where Paul writes those very quick little commands. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is God's will. It is God's will that in the face of everything that is coming our way, whether it's joys or whether it's trials, whether it's times of blessing or times of loss, it is God's will that we give thanks. Now, I'll be the first to admit that's not always easy, but it's always necessary. Giving thanks today prepares you for where God is taking you next. So we're going to spend November, we're going to spend the next few weeks learning to keep our thankful tank full. And maybe if we're paying attention, uh, we'll be able to do it for the rest of the year, maybe on into next year as well. And as I said, thankfulness is not always easy, but Paul reminded us that it is God's will for us in Christ Jesus. And God would not choose that as his will for us if it were not possible. God has a purpose for your thankfulness. He knows that you need it. And so he calls us to keep our thankful thankful. Or keep our thankful thankful for where we're going tomorrow. Now, I want to take us to Isaiah chapter 12 today. Isaiah 12 is just Six verses long. If you've got that blue Bible in front of you, it's on page 576. Isaiah 12 is, is just a tiny little chapter. Now, Isaiah itself is a long book. It is 66 
chapters long. It is a difficult book to read. It is a difficult book to, to understand. It's written over a very long period of time. But every now and then, yeah, we set the big picture of Isaiah aside. And Isaiah seems to drop a little nugget of gold in our laps every, every now and then. Every here and there he does that. And, and that's kind of what we've got here in chapter 12. We've got a nice little blessing. Chapter 12 comes as the conclusion of chapters 1 through 11. And 1 through 11 are some dark chapters. They, things seem almost hopeless. Uh, Israel has promised that the Assyrians are coming. The Assyrians are coming and they're going to just wipe out Judah. And Isaiah has gone to King Ahaz over and over again and said, just trust God, King. Just trust God, King Ahaz. And, and Ahaz isn't getting it. And so in the face of that hopelessness and in the face of that lack of trust, Isaiah writes this song, and it is a song that we have as chapter 12. He begins in verses 1 and 2. You will say in that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for though you were angry with me, your anger turned away, that you might comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust. I will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Do you hear those words in the first verse? You will say in that day. Right now, things look bad. But there is a day coming when you will genuinely give thanks. There is a day coming when you will be so overwhelmed with blessing that the troubles of today will fade when the problems that seem so big right now it seems that the whole world is against you and maybe god is against you as well those will simply be a memory and in that day you will give thanks i think there's a lesson there for all of us that there is a day out there that you and i maybe we can't even imagine it right now we can't see that day we, we can't imagine that day there is a day when the struggles we're facing right now will just be a thing of the past a, a day when the worries and the troubles we have now will be, just be a, a distant memory the thankfulness that we fill our lives with today prepare us for that day they, they fuel us to get there but you know the reality was that not everyone who heard the words of isaiah 12 would live to see that day not all of them would survive the invasion of the Assyrians. Not all of them would survive the coming captivity. And Isaiah tells us that it's only going to be a remnant, just a remnant, just a few people who would, who would see that. But that didn't change the reality of God's presence or of His promise. And it may be that, that you and I aren't just giving thanks for our circumstances. You, you and I aren't just giving thanks for ourselves, but we're giving thanks for those who are going to follow us. It may be that by giving thanks, we are filling their tank. You see, that's another important reminder that Isaiah gives us about thankfulness here. He tells us to keep, keep our thankful tankful for those who are traveling with us. For those who are traveling with us. Back in high school, I had a friend. I'm not going to name who it was, uh, but his grandpa used to preach here. So that, that might help a few of you. But I had a friend in high school who had a car. It was a 1973 Buick LeSabre, right? 1973 LeSabre. That thing was a boat. It was huge. We called it the Beast. And it was giant. It was made out of metal. Now, as I recall the story, uh, a lady had bought that car for $50. But she couldn't get it running. So she took it to this friend of mine's dad, 
and to see if he could get it running. And he got it running, kind of, and she gave it to him. So this was a $50 car that he got for free, the beast. One night, I think we packed 12 people in that car. I'm looking for some confirmation from some people that might have been in there. I think we packed 12 people in that car, 10 or 12 people in that car, and drove to the movies, went to the movies together. That was, that was an interesting night. One time we finally got around to actually calculating the mileage on the beast. Uh, we paid attention to the odometer when we filled it up, and then the next time we filled it up, and we estimated we were getting about three miles to the gallon in that car. There are a few things quite as hopeless about being out for a nice country drive with your friends and suddenly you are out of gas. And you know, with a car that size, you need about 12 friends with you to help push it back into town. And more than one occasion, we pushed that car back into town. There's a lot of hopelessness in chapters 1 through 11. There is the hopelessness of God's judgment against his people. The people have failed. But at the same time, in chapters 1 through 11, there are amazing promises, promises that we still cling to today. We read chapter 7 and we see Jesus there, uh, that the virgin shall give birth to a child and that they shall call his name Emmanuel, meaning God with us. We read chapter 9. We're going to be reading chapter 9 next month. And the chapter 9 is the one that tells us, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And chapter 9, verse 7 says, Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. The promise is there not just for Isaiah's people, but for us as well. Promises for the whole world. And so it's no wonder that Jesus quoted from Isaiah more than any other prophet. If you were to ask Jesus what his favorite book of the Bible was, uh, chances are he would say Isaiah. Jesus saw himself, and we see him in the pages of Isaiah. From birth to death, on into eternity, Isaiah reveals Jesus. And so the call to God's people and the call to us is to declare God's promises here. And as Isaiah continues his song, he calls for God's people to sing and for God's people to to sing those promises, God's promises loudly. He says in verse 3, With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And you will say in that day, Give thanks to the Lord, call upon His name, make known His deeds among the peoples, proclaim that His name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord, for He has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitants of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. Not just sing, but shout. Make known His deeds among the peoples. You know, people are watching. People are watching. People are are listening to us. They hear what they say. And and in this day and age, I need to add, they, they read what we post. They read the things that we post online. They are watching. They are listening. They are reading. They count our gripes. They count our complaints. They count our frustrations. And there's times when I have to ask, what's louder? What's louder? Is it our praise or is it our complaints? Is it our thanksgiving or is it our frustrations? What is louder to the people around us? What do they hear? What do they read? Do they find us angry? Do they find us hateful? Do they find us frustrated? 
or do they find us faithful and hopeful and joyful? What is louder in our lives? Part of Israel's sin was that they had forgotten that God had called them to be a witness to all nations. They were to make his name known. And, you know, that call continues today with the church. More often than not, when we talk about making his name known to, to all the world, we've got to admit that starts with our neighbors. That starts with our coworkers. That starts with the family members. Do they hear praise? Do they hear thankfulness? Do they hear anything that sounds like the, the, the faith, the, the Christian life is something that they would want? I always enjoy reading those posts in November. So many people take that challenge to where every day, every day they post something that they're thankful for. But, but what if today, what if any day, someone posted that they were thankful for you? What if somebody shared that they were thankful for, for you? Verse 3 says, With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. You know, the wells of salvation are deep enough for everyone. They, they overflow. They are deep enough for everyone to drink. The question is, that does the water in the wells of salvation sound good? Does it sound good and, and delicious to our neighbors? Does it sound good to our coworkers? Does it sound good to the people that read what we post? Or, or does, does that water sound bitter? Does that water sound bad? When others hear us, what, what do they hear loudest? Do they hear our thankfulness? See, our world needs that. Our friends need that. We need that. But there's another reminder that we also need here. We need to keep our thankful thankful because our hope is always full. I read an article this week from Harvard Medical School. Uh, the article was titled, Give, Giving Thanks Can Make You Happier. They, they should have wrote duh underneath that. But giving thanks can make you happier. And in the article they wrote this, In positive psychology research, Gratitude is strongly and consistently associated with greater happiness. Gratitude helps people feel more positive emotions, relish good experiences, improve their health, deal with adversity, and build strong relationships. Thankfulness alters your view of today and your hope for tomorrow. Isaiah wraps it all up in, in chapter 12 with verse 6. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitants of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. In your midst, He has never left you. He has never abandoned you. He's been with you the whole time. Do you remember how Jesus concludes the, the Gospel of, of Matthew, the last words that Jesus speaks in Matthew's Gospel? And surely, surely, I am with you always to the end of the age, not just surely, but all of us. Do you remember the words of, of Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5? It reminds us again, He has said, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. There's times when we feel God's presence, and those are wonderful times, but there are times when we have to remind ourselves again and again, He's not far, He's not distant, He is in our midst. Thankfulness reminds us that God has never left us. You know, that, that's important for you and me. That's important for us. But as we've seen, it's not just about us. Our thankfulness can impact those around us, even those who have no faith of their own. And as much as we need that reminder that better days are coming, there are people around us that need that reminder even, even more. 
They need to hear it in the way that you express your thankfulness to God. That makes a huge impact. Not only changes the view of what they're going through today, but the hope that they have for tomorrow, and possibly even the hope that they have for eternity. Giving thanks today prepares us for where God is taking us next. Not just you and me, though, but those around us. They need hope. Those who need to know that no matter what they're going through today, God has not abandoned them. And it it might take our thankfulness to remind them of that. It might take our thankfulness to point them to that. Back in verse 1 again, Isaiah writes, You will say on that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for though you were angry with me, your anger turned away that you might comfort that you might comfort me. In John's Gospel, Jesus introduces the Holy Spirit as the comforter. He calls the Holy Spirit the the comforter. Literally, the word comforter means the one who walks beside you. It's that image of someone walking beside you with their their arm around you. And, And we need to hear that promise. He walks beside you. In other words, He doesn't abandon you when times get tough. He doesn't abandon you when things get difficult. He walks beside you. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't leave you when you've messed up again and again and again. He walks beside you. And you need to hear that also in that He walks beside you. He doesn't lead you out of the trouble. He leads you through the trouble. The One who is always there. Whether you feel His presence or not, you can trust Him. My dad said, it doesn't cost you any more. <laughs> keep the tank on full than it does to keep the tank on empty. Keeping our thankful tank full is a way to remind ourselves of God's promises of His presence. It is a way to seek comfort. And that is why it is God's will in Christ Jesus for you. Now that that requires a change in perspective. It requires a change of our focus. It requires us to take our eyes off of the negative. And, And some days it requires a lot of hard, long searching for something positive. But I promise you, you will be blessed by the results and you will feel your tank overflow. And through that overflowing thankfulness, you're going to bless other people in ways that you cannot even begin to know now. Please stand with me as we pray. Father, how can we not give thanks How can we not give thanks for your presence? How can we not give thanks for your peace? How can we not give thanks for the reality that that through Jesus you have laid aside that wrath and and you have embraced us and wrapped us in your comfort and wrapped us in your presence? You have promised us your Holy Spirit. Lord, we are thankful for your presence. We are thankful for the peace uh, that we know. We are also very aware that there are people who we love dearly, who don't know your presence and don't know your peace. Don't know it that way. Lord, the, the noise of this world and the pains they're going through sometimes are so loud that it, it almost seems to shut you out. And so let us express our thankfulness, not only for our own needs, but for theirs also. Lord, let our, let our thankful tank overflow into our, out of our lives and, and into theirs, that they might know you, that they, they might know your son, that they might know your peace. We ask this for your glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And go in peace.